0: Hello, everybody. We are still doing a series on eternal life, what's next. We're talking about death, what happens after death. We're talking about heaven. Actually, a lot of related topics, because they all sort of weave in and out of, um, you know, to understand one, you need to talk about the other. And today, I want us to talk a little bit about angels. And I say a little bit, because really, we that could be a series in itself. Sadly, there's a lot of misunderstanding and wrong thinking on the topic. There's also a lot of infatuation with angels, both outside the church and even within the church. So we want to just kind of take a good look biblically. It's really just going to be an introduction of what, who are angels and what is their role. And let me start off by saying there is angelic activity all through the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament. In fact, there are over 275 references to angels in the Bible. That's a lot. Uh, There's also been many angelic visits since the days of the Bible, and uh, so really throughout all church history and even today. There's quite a bit of angelic activity in the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. And the scriptures tell us that there'll even be more in the last days and when Jesus returns the second time. So I believe this is a topic that we need to have a good biblical understanding on. And even though we don't have a lot of time to cover everything, hopefully we'll come out of today's session understanding more. Okay. First, I think it's important to clarify that there are good angels representing the kingdom of God, and there are bad angels. Uh, they're also called demons, but occasionally they're even called Satan's angels. Matthew 25, verse 41, would be an example of this. It says, Then he'll say to those on the left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay? Now, our purpose today is not to do a study of Satan and his angels or demons, but um, uh, let's just say this. Well before human history began, there was a rebellion in heaven. And the devil, Satan, Lucifer, exalted himself against God. And we're told that he took one third of the angels with him. Okay, so one of the questions we have to kind of ask ourselves how do we tell the difference between good angels and bad angels? And just like how you can kind of tell, you know, with prophets and teachers and leaders is, look at the fruit. And now that doesn't mean just like five minutes, but just look at, as they develop, what is happening there. Or maybe another way, especially to to approach this with, um, you know, angels, do they exalt Jesus? If not, something's wrong. Okay, let's talk about a little bit. What do angels do? Angels are heavenly beings. They reside in this other world that we've been talking about for the last four or five weeks. Much of their work, however, seems to be in this world. Now, I'm sure there's work in the other world too, but we just don't know much about it. So therefore, throughout the scriptures, we can see windows occasionally opening, and we can see them, uh, or we can see their work. Um, a good example of this might be in Daniel ten. Daniel is Daniel has been praying and fasting for some answers for understanding for about three weeks, and all of a sudden the angel Gabriel comes and he says, I would have been here sooner, but I've been fighting the, I've been fighting the Prince of Persia, obviously a demonic, you know, prince. And, uh, and it's taken me this long to kind of get to you. So now we don't understand all that, but that's almost like one of those quick windows or, or glimpses into that other world. But we can see the angels are busy. They're working, they're, they're fighting, they're doing the purposes of God. In fact, Angels, and when I talk about angels from now on, I'm talking about the good angels, you know, the ones that represent the kingdom of God. Angels serve the kingdom of God. Likewise, demons would serve, what? The kingdom of darkness, you know? In fact, we know from Daniel 10, we know from Ephesians 6, a lot of other places, that there's a spiritual war going on that from a human perspective, unless God happens to kind of, you know, open the curtains a little bit, We have no idea exactly what's going on, but we do know a lot is going on behind the scenes. So how do angels serve here on earth? Well, first of all, they bring messages to earth occasionally. Uh, uh, Usually it's a one-time event, you know. Uh, uh, He wants us, God wants us to hear primarily from his word and not an angel. But there are times when an angel appeared to someone. Uh, Just the events around Christmas, there's Zacharias, there's Joseph, there's Mary, there's the shepherds. In the Old Testament, we can look at Abraham, we can look at Daniel, we can look at Lot, like in that particular example, Uh, angels came and and warned Lot, get out of town, you know? And uh, so, uh, so, There's usually a specific message, you know, to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You know, what's happened to her is of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, to the shepherds, you know, a savior has been born to you this day in the town of Bethlehem, which they were very close to. So it's important to realize that angels are not a substitute for, nor do they ever contradict God's word. And also, there's no example in the scriptures where they single out a person to kind of have some special relationship with, you know, to to give them doctrine or to teach them. You know, a couple examples where that has happened, and we obviously know that's not the good angels. Uh, Muhammad would have regular visits from an angel, a, a, a demon type of angel. So did Joseph Smith. You know, and, uh, and in both their cases, the message is basically, hey, listen, I have some new revelation that nobody else has uh, concerning the ways of God. And, and in both cases, it sort of, you know, it pushed Jesus to the side. So we know that is not from God. So angels bring messages. We're also told that angels are ministers, are literally the word there is servants, sent out to carry his purposes. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, is talking about, I mean, actually, Hebrews one and two is a lot about angels. But in verse 14, it says, speaking of the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who inherit salvation? That is the saints, the Christians. So angels are sent out to serve behind the scenes, things that we are involved in. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 20, would be another place. And by the way, I'm, I'm not reading all 278 references to angels, but uh, there are a few that I wanna mention. But uh, Psalm 103, verse 20, it says, it says um, bless the Lord, you his angels mighty in strength, who perform his word. And then it goes on and says, obeying the voice of his word. So angels carry out the word of God. Specifically, they minister to those who, what does it say? Who inherit salvation. Now there's also another category of people that angels seem to have a very special interest in. And we can see that in Matthew 18. And Matthew 18, starting in verse, well, just verse 10, I think we'll read. It says, uh, Jesus is talking about children and how we need to be careful that we don't stumble children, that we're not, um, you know, um, being a stumbling block. And then in verse 10, it says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that their angels in heaven continually see the face of my father who is in heaven. And what he's kind of saying there is that, you know, don't mess with the children because they've got angels watching over them. And those angels are in the face of God, you know, have a direct line. And uh, so somehow Jesus is speaking of angels watching over children. Now, I know whenever you talk about this, well, into what age? You know, what about uh, children who are slow? We don't have any of those answers, but we just know that God has a very special. There's a very special place in God's heart for for children, and some of the angels are actually assigned to guard and watch over. And if any of you've ever had children or grandchildren, you uh, you know that you know there must be some supernatural power at times keeping our children from just having you know, uh, horrible accidents. I mean, sometimes they do have it, but it's amazing how many times they escape real harm and hurt. And that's probably because I think of the angels. And by the way, that's regardless of what family they are in. So they could grow up in, in a Hindu family, but there's angels watching over them. Now, it's passages like this that have led people to speak of my guardian angel. And it is true that angels are directed to look after and protect two categories of people, children and the saints of God. But I'm not sure there's any evidence or any indication in the scriptures that we have a specific angel assigned to us. I know that makes a good story. Uh, You know, it's Christmas time. You know, one of my favorite Christmas movies is uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And, uh, But the theology about angels is, uh, you know, not correct at all. You know, Uh, George Bailey, when Clarence shows up as his angel, he says, well, that's about the type of angel I would get, I think, you know, and uh, but, you know, that's, you know, and by the way, angels aren't looking for their wings or anything like that, you know. But there are angelic uh, activity that is protecting us as believers. There's a lot of examples. Uh, I mean, I've read many, many stories just over the last, that have happened just in the last 100, 150 years. Uh, John Patton and his wife were missionaries in the new uh, Hebrides Islands uh, in the Pacific. And uh, it was a very, they were ministering among the tribal people, very hostile. And they talk about how one night they were surrounded by you know, all the warriors of this one particular tribe with their spears, they knew this was, you know, the end. They were there to kill them. And uh, and they, I guess, did their dances or whatever. And then all of a sudden, just with no explanation, they all left. About a year later, the chief of that tribe actually comes to know the Lord. And John Patton says, you know, just out of curiosity, why did you guys leave? when, uh, you know, about a year ago, when you surrounded our house. And, uh, you know, because we thought you were going to kill us. Well, that was our intention until we saw all these big men with shields and swords guarding your house. And we were afraid to go in. And and that was confirmed by several of the other warriors there. How do you explain that? You know, it was angelic activity. Uh, actually, there's one time I can think of, that I'm pretty sure um, I or my family was protected by some type of angelic beans. I didn't see them, but I think someone else did. Uh, we were living in Mexico and we were driving from Mexico City up to uh, the border because every six months you have to kind of go and get new tourist visas, at least back then. And uh, we were on a very deserted road. This is before there was a big highway there now. And we pulled over for lunch and probably shouldn't have done this but we pulled over into this area where we were we could not see the road and people in the road couldn't see us and we just kind of had a picnic lunch and as we were packing back up all of a sudden two cars pull in and a bunch of men get out with guns you know the guns were in there you know just tucked in their belts and we i thought oh no we had a lot of stuff we had our children a couple of young women with us and i thought oh no lord and, uh, and then, and it's one of those things that, you know, when a crisis like that happens, it seems like it takes forever. And, and then, on the other hand, it seems like it was just a, a couple of seconds. But then, all of a sudden, as they were approaching us, they turned around, got in their cars real quick, and then took off. And we thought that was kind of strange. So anyway, we, we hurried back in, you know, in the car, got in, took off, and uh, we were kind of talking about, wow, that was kind of strange. I wonder what happened, you know? You know, thank you, Lord. And we were in the midst of reading a book as a as a family at that time. And mean, we uh, st- resumed it, I guess, about 15 minutes after we were back on the road. And uh, and all of a sudden, it went into a story very similar to what I shared about John Patton. And um, it wasn't this one; it was another one. And about how angels had protected him. And all of a sudden, all of us, everyone in the car kind of thought, I bet that's what happened, you know, 15 minutes ago when we pulled over. And to this day, I'm kind of convinced that that's probably that's, that's what happened. I didn't see them, but I think maybe they did. And uh, so there are many, many, many accounts of divine protection where I believe there's angelic activity going on. And that should be comforting to us. Now, that's not to say that there's a personal angel assigned to us to teach us or to guide us or to give us encouragement. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, it is clear from the passages that we read that angels are to serve the saints of God and the children. Another thing we can see about angels, if you do a more thorough study, and I'm just sort of summarizing this up, you know, very briefly. Angels have been given the task of fulfilling some of the great purposes of God throughout history. I mean, there's, uh, you know, like in 2 Kings 6, we read about this a few weeks ago, you know, during a war, you know, where where, uh, Samaria, the capital of Israel at that time, was surrounded by an enemy and Elisha, you know, his servants all upset, Elisha's servant. And, and he says, he, he prays to the Lord and says, Lord, I just pray that my servant could see what you see. And all of a sudden, the servant saw thousands and thousands, a multitude of of soldiers and warrior, warrior angels surrounding the city. And sure enough, um, you know, the next day they were all gone because they're been scattered by this angelic, um, you know, host. Uh, The uh, return of Jesus is going to be filled with angels. In fact, it almost implies that all the angels are going to be involved this time. The first coming of Jesus, not all the angels, but we've already talked about a lot. and, And it does say that a multitude of the heavenly host was there, you know, just revealing to the shepherds that, hey, tonight, Today, a Savior's been born in the town of Bethlehem. Um, the judgments on the earth in the last days, angels are the ones assigned to carry out a lot of that. You know, you read the book of Revelation, it's become very obvious. So angels are meant to, or some of the roles that we see in the scriptures, they, they are sent to give a message, usually a very single specific message to people, not to guide them or to teach them. Uh, They're given to to help serve and protect the the children of God and children. Uh, And they also are given the task of fulfilling some of the great purposes of God throughout history. One other passage, and I don't want to make a lot out of this because there's only one passage that would say something like this. But in Luke 16, verse 22, and this is the story of the rich man and Lazarus, it says, um, verse 22, it says, Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. There's, based on this, it could be, and I want to emphasize it could be, because i always hate to base something on one or two scriptures alone But it could be that angels somehow have a responsibility of taking people to heaven, something like that. And I do know that in many of the accounts where people are dying, often they see that other world, including angels, right before they die. Not always, certainly, but sometimes. So that could be perhaps another role that they have. Again, I don't want to make a big to do about it, but the fact that there is some indication in the scriptures from Luke 16 makes us kind of think that that could be a possibility. So what else do we know about angels? They exalt Jesus. We know that. And while we could go to Hebrews, we could, uh, one of the ones I like a lot is found in John 1, where um Jesus is telling Nathanael, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And obviously, that's a reference to Jacob's ladder. He's basically Jesus saying, I am the way to heaven. And that's where angels come. You know, angels have an important role in all that. So they exalt Jesus they're servants of Jesus. They do not exalt themselves. If they do, they're not angels of the kingdom of God. And, and this is important, we are not to worship or to adore angels. Now, some people I know really get into angels. And part of it is that it makes great stories, you know, TV series and movies and things like that. And we all kind of enjoy it. They're usually wholesome movies, but we are not to worship uh, angels. And I know the new age movement, or really there's all sorts of sub-movements there. They often include angelic activity without Jesus. So I think we can assume that it's not the angels of the kingdom of God. Colossians 2, maybe starting verse 18. <clears throat> Let no one keep defrauding you or your prize by delighting in self abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated with cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head. Who is what? Jesus. That's we have to hold fast to Him, from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with growth which is from God. So we're told not to worship the angels, but to hold fast to the head, which is Jesus. Um, another thing we should probably say about angels: we do not become angels when we die. Um, you know, and we don't have to, uh, kind of you know, again, the movie I just referred to, which I like a lot, you know, but uh, Clarence, the angel, and it's a wonderful life. He was working hard to get his wings. You know, he was obviously someone who died in the 1800s and he was working hard to get his wings. That's not a biblical view. We do not become angels when we die. I know um, for some of you who are Bronco fans, Demarius Thomas had a Tragic uh, end of his life at age 33 as a as a football player and a lot of things on social media. I saw one the other day. It says, uh, uh, "God must have needed another angel, so he took DT that's his initials." And uh, you know, uh, I don't know anything about Demarius Thomas's spiritual life, but I know he's not going to be an angel. You know, that is not his destiny. And while we're at it, you know, we don't become, or angels don't become, butterflies or birds. Some people think, oh, you become a butterfly before you get your wings as an angel. And there's all sorts of crazy things about that. So main thing, we do not become angels when we die. Here's an important one. Our destiny in heaven and in the future is actually higher than the angels. Read Hebrews 1 and 2. It's very clear. In fact, let's just kind of look at Hebrews 2, just a couple verses here, maybe starting verse five. For he did not subject the angels, to angels the world to come, concerning which we're speaking. In other words, he's given us the inheritance of the universe in the next world. He never did that to angels. And then it says, but one is testified somewhere saying, What is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you're concerned about him? You have been made for a little while lower than the angels. Now that's speaking of Jesus, and it's also speaking of us. You know, you have crowned him with glory and honor and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Okay, so so it's true. In this world, we are under the angels. Angels can do a lot of things that we can't do, but angels have limitations. Yes, they can jump between worlds, Uh, they don't die, but, and here's one big difference between us and angels, at least us in the future, angels do not understand mercy and grace because it hasn't been extended. When we reach our final destination in heaven, and receive our inheritance, one of the things, we were created in the image of God. Angels weren't. And, uh, and we will go in understanding mercy and grace, which angels never have. So our destiny, not in this world, but in the world to come, is actually higher than the angels. Actually, another verse. So many. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. It's um it says, um, I won't go into the context, you can read it more later, but it says, Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? And he's talking about that as Christians, we need to be able to settle disputes, you know, among ourselves. Because our destiny, we're gonna be judging angels one day. Another question often comes up, how many angels are there? Well, we're not told how many, but it's surprising. I've been asked that question a number of times. In Daniel 7, it says, A river of fire was flowing and coming out before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him, and myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court set, and the books were open. It's speaking about angels there. And just to kind of make sure you see that this is in the New Testament 2, Hebrews 12. It says, uh, verse 22 But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels. Now, you might say, What is a myriad? Well, no one really knows, but somehow uh, most Bible scholars are scholars of the ancient languages feel like it's tens of thousands multiplied. You know, multiplied by it's just multiplied. So we're just talking about just an endless number of angels. And by the way, they will be there in the next world. We know that from the book of Revelation. Uh, but there's a lot of them. And again, what is their role today? I mean, I'm sure they're serving God in in this other world, but they're there to serve to minister, uh, protect you know uh, the saints and children especially. okay finally why do we need to know about angels and by the way uh, there's a lot more we can say uh, I think I've said this already but we just kind of summarized you know just a biblical kind of a brief biblical understanding of angels. Why do we need to know about angels? Because as we approach the last days, there will be more angelic activity. The book of Revelation is filled with angels, isn't it? Now, this is probably going to lead rise to angelic worship in an unhealthy way. It's certainly going to be, there's going to be a growing interest in the bad angels, demonic. We know that. We're told there's going to be an increase in demonic activities in the uh, um. Last days. And I think it's also while we're talking about this, it's important to remember that Satan actually disguises himself as an angel of light. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11. Um, you know what? That's not the right verse here. I, um, I have verse 1 here, but that's not right. Let me see. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let me kind of find it here real quick it says, uh, verse 14, it says, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Now, what does that mean? That means when you first see it, you think, oh, that's an angel. But no, once you start seeing the fruit, listening, wait a minute, it's not really exalting Jesus here. Then you begin to realize, oh no. And so Usually demons don't kind of come up and kind of announce themselves. They don't have kind of a pitchfork and, you know, a big red tail or something. Say, hey, I'm a demon. I'm here to harass you. No, it's not that way at all. Most of the demons can come as an angel of light. So we need to be be discerning of things. And that's one of the reasons we need a good biblical understanding of angels. We will see in the future, I believe, true angelic activity if you haven't already uh we're gonna see supernatural intervention and actually we can rest knowing that there is that heavenly host serving the purposes of god if you kind of look around the the events surrounding the coming of jesus zacharias was what visited by an angels you know, he was going to have a son, even though he was old and his wife was barren. Mary visited by an angel; she would give birth to the soul to the Savior. You know, Joseph visited by an angel. You know, he shouldn't be afraid to take Mary as his wife because what's happened to her has been it's a it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Shepherds visited by the heavenly host of angels, proclaiming that the Savior has been born in Bethlehem. And so we see angels proclaiming what God was doing and would be doing. And as we approach the last days, we're going to see more. Now, by the way, just looking at those stories around the coming of Jesus, you know, the first time, all of them were unexpected. It's not Mary. It's not like Mary is kind of thinking, "I want to, you know, I'm going to start praying. I get a visit from uh, an angel today." No, none of them were solicited. The shepherds. In fact, usually, what, what did the shepherd, I mean, what did the angels usually kind of say? Don't be afraid, you know, because it was unexpected. None of it was solicited. And that's the way it's going to be here. So if you're starting to pray for visits from angels, somehow you're on the wrong track. If we are truly born again, if we're truly seeking Him, if we're walking in humility, if we're devoted to the careful study of God's word and we're involved in a healthy church because there's a protection that God gives us when we're in the body of Christ, God will give us the discernment we need in the days ahead. Okay, so much more, but hopefully this has served as a good introduction to a very important topic. Let's pray. Father, we do ask that you would give us discernment in these days. Um especially as we see more angelic and demonic activity. Uh, there's confusion. In fact, a lot of people we're going to be ministering to are going to be confused. Or there's going to be people who are not grounding in God's word. They're going to be confused. Help us guide other people, we pray. And Lord, we want to thank you that there are supernatural, heavenly beings, angelic beings assigned to watch over um, to watch over us in these days and children. We thank you for that. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.